Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. No one can expect to be successful and that's the reading, meditating, and listening to the Word of God. So ask yourself this morning, are you living on bread alone? Or are you actually living spiritually because you're into the Word of God? You're meditating on it. You're reading it. You understand it. You have a desire for it. See, that's where life is really lived. Do you know that your body actually craves God and His Word? Today, Pastor Mark will teach listeners that just as our physical bodies need food, we also have a spirit that longs for the Lord. Physical food and nutrients are essential to our body's survival. How can your spiritual body survive without being fed as well? The Word of God is so much more than a book full of stories and life advice. In it holds valuable nutrients to our spiritual survival. Are you constantly feeding on the Word of God in your life? If not, make it a daily habit and satisfy the cravings of your spirit today. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the book of Ephesians as he concludes part 15 in its series entitled, Unlimited Opportunities. God spoke the words, man wrote the words. So look at that, this is huge. I cannot get to heaven. I can't get wisdom. I can't have peace without knowing, listening, and obeying the Word of God. Man cannot live on bread alone. For those of you that don't know nothing about the Word, I'm sorry to say in the United States, we're illiterate biblically. We know everything else, the latest hits, the latest songs, the latest TV things, the latest whatever, all the things about sports. The Bible, we're basically illiterate. And that's the fault, sorry to say again, of many of our churches. We try to not do that here because you have in your hand a Bible. That's what we do. We study the Bible. Why? Because man cannot live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's amazing. That's truth. That's from Jesus. So when you see that verse, what is it saying to me? It means that I, if I'm going to listen and grow, it has to be from the word of God. I cannot do life right without God and his word. No one can expect to be successful unless they're reading, meditating, and listening to the word of God. So ask yourself this morning, are you living on bread alone? Or are you actually living spiritually because you're into the word of God? You're meditating on it. You're reading it. 
You understand it. You have a desire for it. See, that's where life is really lived. The real you and I is spiritual. Well, verse 20, chapter 26, verse 16, look at what it says, verse 16. This is the next response after who are you and what do you want me to do? Jesus says, I'm Jesus, the one you're persecuting. What does Jesus say next? Now get to your feet. For I have appeared to you to appoint you as my, circle these two words in your Bible, servant and witness. And you are to tell the whole world what you have seen, the interaction you've just had. And here's another word I'm going to ask you to circle in a moment. And what I will show you in the, circle it, in the future. In that verse that you look at right there, you see two purposes in verse 16, two purposes for Paul. Number one, notice the word, I've appeared to you uh, to appoint you as a servant. Look at the word, servant. What is a servant? One who acts under the direction of another. God was calling Paul to be a servant, a minister. He was not under his orders any longer. He wasn't directing his life. He was being directed by God. He was to serve under the direction of the Lord himself. So you want to write this next statement down. What did Paul just learn? He can't rule his life anymore. If you're going to follow Christ, you follow Christ. You don't live your life. So the next thing you want to write, we have to keep serving following with a humble attitude. Now, if you and I are going to expect God to open doors with unlimited opportunities, it has to come with a servant attitude. Why? Because when I think, I'm sure Paul thought about this. What if God never appeared to him? He'd have never got saved. He'd have kept killing Christians. He'd have never made it to heaven. So he's humbled to follow. When you have God leading, we should be humbled. We're nothing. I can't do life. God can do it. All through Paul's writings, we see that he got it because Paul would say this, I'm a bond slave. He didn't go like, I'm the best man in the New Testament. No, he just says, I'm a slave for God. I love being that servant. One who acts under the direction of another. Seal a moment quickly. Who's directing your life today? You or God? Very simple answer. You know it. Oh, Pastor Mark, I can't hear God. Yes, you can. You'll see that moment. He's always speaking. You can hear him. Number two, the next word you saw there the next word there was a witness. What is that? A witness is sharing information with others. So here's the next thing I want you to write. He says to Paul, I don't want you just to keep serving with a humble attitude. I want you to keep sharing the good news. In other words, spiritually be fishing. See, God was also calling Paul to be a witness. Every person that comes to Christ is to be a witness. Where? around the world. Notice what he says to Paul. He says, you are to tell the world what you've seen. Now, it's an interesting thing that that very word witness, eventually in our language, it's the word martyr. In other words, 
If you share the gospel in certain parts of the world, you will be a, not only a witness, but a, a martyr. You'll die for sharing the truth. Did that happen to Paul? It did. Eventually, his head was cut off. Almost all the original disciples were martyred for sharing the gospel. Plenty of people today, Egypt, China, all kinds of places, are being martyred for sharing the gospel. Well, what was God, Jesus, saying to Paul in these verses? Here's what he's saying. Paul, I created you. I chose you. I saved you. I've gifted you. And I'm now empowering you. And I'm now sending you. Next thing you want to write is this. Keep following. Keep moving forward. That's why I told him to get up. Get up. So for you and I today, what was God doing? He was trying to say to him, Paul, if you're going to be like Jesus, you're going to have to go everywhere. One writer puts it like this. I love it. Think of this. Jesus always had his bags packed. He was always moving from one place. Just could be down the street, could be around the corner. He always had his bags back. He was moving forward. He had an agenda. He would get together with God, find out what to do for the day, had his bags packed, and away he went. He traveled light. Well, that's what he's saying to Paul. Paul, I've got you some things you're going to have to do right here, but I ask you to circle another word back in verse 16. What was the other word? Tell me on the campuses. It was future. Exactly right. So he says, not only now, but in the future. I've already got all the future plans for you. Get ready. It's going to be exciting. Sometimes we don't think about our future. Our future is in God's hands. And as you understand what he's saying to Paul, he's just saying, Paul, I want you to be on the move. And in the future, just like today, I will show you what life's like. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. I've already got it mapped out for you. Listen to me. I'll guide you. Keep moving forward. Now, for some of you, you're not moving forward. You've kind of got side laid. You've taken an exit row, kind of sitting on the side of the road. Others of you, you're always looking in your mirror, thinking about the past. You can't do anything about the past, but learn from it. Paul would bring up the past. It was part of his healing. Notice what he talked about in this his past. But Paul, watch me, very important, Paul didn't live in his past. He couldn't go back and bring to life those Christians that were killed because of him. He couldn't go back. So he isn't going to mully around and think about all the, how, how can I be so wrong? We've all done that to ourselves. There's not a thing you can do about it. So Paul is moving forward. Are you moving forward this morning? That's where God wants you to be moving. Keep moving forward. Now, as he moved forward, would it be easy? No, it would not be. Life is not a playground. It's a battlefield. The reason people say no when God offers them salvation is because they're listening to the little God, Satan. We're at war. God and Satan. Well, look at verse 17. Here's, here's the danger that's coming. God says, I will rescue you. That doesn't sound too exciting. The real word there means protect you from your own people, the Jews. The Jews would be livid that Paul became a Christian. And from the Gentiles, 
the pagans, who he was actually speaking to at that moment. That's the people who would eventually kill him, is the Gentiles. I am sending you to them. What? (laughs) Yeah. Why would God send them to those people? Because they needed to hear the gospel. They needed to hear they could change. They needed to hear they could be wrong and still change to be right. Verse 18, when he went to them, what would he say? To open their eyes, Satan blinds our eyes spiritually, turn them from the darkness, Satan is dark, God is to light, and here, here's the battle, from the power of Satan to the power of God. Understand this morning that as Paul became a fisher of men and women, he would go and pronounce the gospel, and he would say to them, I know you don't believe that Jesus is real, but he is. I had an interaction with him. You're in the darkness of sin, but you can come into the light of his word and forgiveness. And you're under the authority of Satan, even though you don't know it, but you can come under the authority of God. I'm a servant of God's, and it's been wonderful. Now, notice this verse. What is the bottom line of Paul's message? He's going to be a messenger. He's going to be a witness. What's the bottom line? That they may receive forgiveness of sins, anybody, and be placed among those who are sanctified by faith in me. In other words, to be placed in the body of Christ, to become a Christ follower. Let me see if that should, do you think that sounds familiar to you and me? What does he call you and I to do? Exactly the same thing. What is man's greatest spiritual need? I heard it over here, what was it? Forgiveness, good job. All our campuses, man's greatest need It's not religion, it's forgiveness. Why? Because you can't go to heaven till you're forgiven. It's for grace you're saved, not of yourself, not of being a good person. You can't go to heaven. The most misunderstood, understood concept, you have it today if you're not a Christian. Or maybe you call yourself a Christian and you're going to heaven because you're good. It's the wrong answer. Be humble enough to admit it. Only forgiven people go. That was the message Paul had. Forgiveness of sins, because sins keep me from God. So that's what we do, that's exactly what Paul did. And it was powerful, but how would he do it? How would he share it? How would all these doors open up for Paul? Three missionary journeys all over the world. How would they do it? Very simple, the answer is verse 19. Look at it, it's our key verse today. So then King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven. That's a double negative. We would never use that. It doesn't even make sense. But Paul says, I was not disobedient to the commandment from God. He says, I obeyed God. The next thing you want to write is this. The key to us being useful to God is keep obeying with a willing heart. Keep obeying with a willing heart. You see, Paul knew the truth, and he was now going to be as zealous for God as he once had been trying to stamp out Christ. He knew that obedience was the key. Now, I want you to have your finger quickly, and I want you to just turn back to the book of John, one book back, John chapter 14, and I want you to go to this verse. Jesus spoke it. You see, true obedience must come from a heart that loves God. True obedience is motivated by love 
and trust. If you have an animal, a pet, especially a dog, and they're younger and you let them out the door, and they're out for a few moments, you're watching, then you say, come in. Now, typically, they're going to say, if they could talk to you, they'd say, no, there's a few more smells here I'm very interested in. (laughs) So they're not going to obey. But if you raise your voice, get us out! All the neighbors come into the house is what they do from around the street. (laughs) What happens to that dog? That dog goes, okay, I'm coming in the house. Our key word is now! Here she comes. Now, why did she come in the house? Because she wanted to? No, because she had to. Look at the verse, John 14, 15. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. Let me add at the end of that, willingly, with joy, with purpose. If you love me, you will obey me. I rewrote the verse. You won't like it. I didn't like it. But it does speak to us. Look at how he wrote it. Balmer translation. If you disobey, that shows you don't love me. Is that true? Yes, it is. See, I'll never reach God's potential in my life if I obey him because I have to. If you go on a diet because somebody else wants you to go on the diet, husband, wife, friend, you'll never lose the weight. And in fact, you'll cheat till Jesus comes when they're not in the room. How many know that's true? Just raise your hand. You're guilty this morning. You're just confessing right now. When he's out of the room and she's out of the room. You already, we all been there, ain't we? Jesus is never out of the room. He's looking at my heart. He's not looking at my actions. He's looking at my heart. And I have to grow to the place where I understand obedience comes from him. One day a 300-pound man told his minister, I'm so depressed about my weight, I've tried everything to lose weight, and nothing seems to work. Do you got any ideas? And the minister said, well, I think I can help you. Be dressed and ready tomorrow at 7 a.m. So the next morning, an incredible, beautiful woman in a jogging suit knocked at the man's door and said, hey, this minister sent me. He told me, you can date me if you can catch me. (laughs) Then she took off. He huffed and puffed after her every day for the next five months. During those five months, he lost 115 pounds. And as the months got closer and closer, he knew he was going to catch her. Finally, the day arrived when he thought for sure he'd catch her. There was a knock on that door. He threw it open, and there stood a 300-pound woman in a jogging suit who said, the minister just sent me. He told me to tell you that I can date you if I can catch you. (laughs) He's still running. He's still running. Now, why did I tell you that? That's stupid, isn't it? Sometimes God uses people and circumstances to motivate us. Sometimes I'm not self-motivated. And he'll arrange for circumstances to get us moving in the right direction. Paul was motivated to obey God because he knew 
this truth. You're close by. John 4, 34. Turn there. John 4, 34. One day, Jesus met a woman at the well, and he began talking to her about becoming a follower. The disciples went into town to get something to eat. They came back a few hours later. They had food, and they said to Jesus, here's some food. You hungry? And he gave them this response. Look at the verse. It's so powerful. Jesus responded in verse 34. My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. What did that mean? Here's what Jesus says. My joy in life, I love food. Jesus loved to eat. My joy in life doesn't come from food. It comes from obeying God because I know it's good for me. I know it's good for those I'm ministering to and it pleases my father. Here's a statement you want to write. It's the key to our teaching today. It's the key to unlimited opportunities and possibilities. Obeying God frees us to enjoy life as God intended. If you never get to the understanding that obeying God is pleasurable and good for you, you'll be miserable your entire Christian life. Understand that doing what God asks us to do willingly brings joy and pleasure. It frees me up to depend on God and life has full meaning. Now back to Acts 26, verse 20. It's our last verse and then we're gonna pray. God had asked Paul to go around the world as a servant and a witness. In Acts 26, 20, we have that picture Notice what he says. He gives a little summary of lots of his missionary journeys. He says, first to those in Damascus, then to Jerusalem, then all Judea, to the Gentiles also. I preach that they should repent, turn to God, improve their repentance by deeds. Paul immediately began to obey God. And what did God do? Look at me. What did God do? God opened doors of opportunity around the world. It all began... Because Paul would obey God willingly. Doors everywhere. All kinds of, he's in front of kings because he obeyed God. He was never ashamed of the gospel because it changed him. God has great plans now for you. And he has amazing plans for you in the future. Understand that the adventure of following Jesus never ends. It isn't always easy, but it does bring satisfaction. Don't miss what God has for you now and in your future. Do not miss it. Keep listening. Keep serving with a humble attitude. Keep sharing the good news and keep following the Word of God. Today, Pastor Mark used all of these exhortations to challenge listeners that every day is an opportunity to model Christ. If you fail one day, get back up and keep moving forward. You will never reach a final destination in your walk with Christ. Every day, he has a new challenge or a new responsibility waiting for those who are ready. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. 
Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. We have been encouraged by Pastor Mark through this series that all Christ followers can live with no lack, no fear, no excuses, and no regrets. The Lord has provided us with unlimited opportunities to serve Him, but are you recognizing them? Are you making the most of the gifts and abilities that God has given you? If you devote your life to the Lord's work every day, you will experience the full, rewarding life God has planned. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting